Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Keiko Talks. Caitlin and I are so excited to be starting this podcasting journey and to be sharing it with you guys. So wherever you're listening, please get cozy, settle in for the next hour or so. We've got a great discussion coming for you. Tonight's episode is all about the education system, specifically higher education. As recent grads, Caitlin and I both have had a lot of time over the last few years to really think about whether college or just, you know, the American education system as a whole has truly benefited us or not. So, you know, I mean, thinking about massive amounts of college debt. Can you get the right job? Can you even get into the field you actually want to get into? Am I just crippled with anxiety and depression coming out of school? All those topics are things we want to be talking about for the next hour or so. So like I said, get your coffee, get your wine, whatever you drink, get your water if you're, you know, a non-alcohol like me, if you don't drink alcohol like me. Um, yeah, settle in for the next hour or so because that's what we're going to be discussing. All right, Caitlin, before we start, you want to give us a little rundown on your educational background, kind of what classes you took, if you felt like you were like tracked or just kind of how school was for you. What what was your school experience like in America? So my school experience was um, pretty diverse, I'd say, in an aspect. So the good thing about like our schooling was that we went to um, a pretty decent school for the most of our years. Um, it's concerning like elementary, middle, and high school. So we'll break it down a little bit. Elementary school um, was pretty okay. So I was pretty in like standard classes at that point. I don't, I don't know if you can take advanced classes then, but standard classes through elementary school, nothing, nothing special. Um, the only thing that was different would be first grade. I went to a school that was a little more, um, I guess you could say like underserved, um, and. It was in the first grade. That's a, a pivotal year in a, in a student's schooling. However, I did not learn anything that year, like nothing. So good thing my mom was in education. So she was able to teach me everything I needed to know so I could go to second grade and be fine. So that's what um, elementary school, middle school, pretty standard. Didn't take any special classes or anything like that. High school, pretty standard. I did end up going to um, a center, which provided AP classes for me, as well as taking some AP classes in um and just like the normal curriculum as far as education, the education, excuse me, the education system is concerned. However, I will say that now that I've gone to college and now I'm in the real world, I didn't, in hindsight, I didn't find that um, the, the, the education system was really that like beneficial. It didn't really teach me things that I needed to know for life. Like, it just set me up to be a working citizen of America and to be, you know, under corporate America. However, I just feel like that's just not beneficial today. I feel like we should be raising people to be independent. We should be raising people to have businesses, to be entrepreneurs. Um, to me, the education system is, has become glorified babysitting. So um, even going into like my college education, um, I went to a school that really didn't provide any challenges, really. Um, other than like the the field that I was kind of in, but it was very just like show up. It was an extension of high school, not really like a college atmosphere, not thriving thought, not thriving critical thinking, um, excuse me, driving critical thinking. So it was just, you know, a, an extension of glorified babysitting of adults trying to figure out life. So yeah, that's, that's my schooling experience. What about yours, Courtney? Yeah. You know, 
it's so funny because Kaylin and I obviously grew up in the same house. We're twins. But our education experiences were similar, but also different. Like, like Caitlin was explaining early elementary school, I always had good teachers. You know, even I always, even at the school that was underserved and was like less privileged, I had a teacher who was really invested in her students. And she was really the one rare teacher at that school who was invested and like really taught us to read. She gave us different levels of reading. Like she noticed that me and a couple other students were like really getting the hang of reading, you know, early on. So she separated us and gave us you know, a special group to basically read harder material, you know, even in the first grade when I, when we had her. So I would have to, I would characterize my entire schooling experience as being tracked. And for those of you who mm-hmm. do not understand what tracking means, that means all the like AP classes, accelerated classes, like basically starting at a young age saying, okay, well, this student seems to have some, seems to be quote gifted. We need to talk about that too, because that's that's another issue. Yeah. But gifted. So, you know, they recognize early on, like, all right, this student is gifted. So they put them in all these like harder, quote, harder courses. They put them in all these special classes, all from middle school, from elementary to middle to high school. So you honestly you end up getting funneled to these bigger, more prestigious, academically rigorous, you know, schools. And really I have to just say I was tracked because I went from elementary school where, you know, I started out in those higher, those reading groups, which are harder, right? Or like reading more difficult material. We would even be reading on our own without the teacher's help, you know, that kind of thing. Like separated from the bigger class. And then I get to middle school. I'm still in those accelerated classes. I'm taking like the honors English classes. And then I think we had like honors math and social studies. I was in all those classes. And then I moved in high school. I was definitely in honors. I was in honors in AP. Even in middle school, I was taking some AP classes. Was I taking AP in middle school? I don't think I have AP in middle school. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. I didn't take any AP, but I was in honors, which you had to have prerequisite honors to even get into AP for high school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was taking definitely AP. My freshman year of high school, I was taking AP classes. And then the last two years of high school, I was in IB which is another, which is an its own program. If you don't know what IB is, it's International Baccalaureate. But it's its own program, which is um, much, like, much more rigorous than the American pretty much curriculum, like standard curriculum. So, and then for college, I went to Wake Forest University, which is a school that has like a, I think like a 20-something, 20, 25% acceptance rate, something like that. So it's a, a school that, they they deny more people than they accept well, to say that so it's one of those schools it's like a, i call it a semi ivy league school it's really it's i would say it's probably like a step under duke mm-hmm, if you think mm-hmm. about that academically so yeah um i definitely i looking back i can say i was tracked i yeah. at the time i thought like oh i'm just pushing myself i'm just you know doing this i'm just you know and that's true but i was definitely I was like separated from the bunch. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it's like, why are we separating? It creates this like division of like smart kids, the less smart kids. And I remember even growing up, people just saying like, oh, you're in the smart people classes. You're in the this classes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I'm not proud of, I'm proud of being, you know, capable and being able to take on those harder, quote, harder material. But like, I don't know. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's like, was it really worth it? Because yeah, I might have got into a fancy school, but like I'm still struggling today as an adult. So like <laughs> like yeah. was Wake Forest worth it? I don't yeah. know. 
So that brings me to like a question for you, because I feel like I took, you know, all, basically all throughout elementary and middle school, I took just regular classes, nothing special. Um, do you feel like with you being in the classes that were a little bit more advanced and or the classes that were basically tracking you, do you feel like your classes were more centered towards understanding and applying material or more towards like test taking? Honestly, like, it was both because, yeah. you know, AP classes, you took some AP classes too. Like you were spending your time preparing for that test. Period. Yes, you spend Absolutely. the entire time preparing for that test. The entire yeah. year was for that the, one yes, test. The entire year for that one test. Same thing with IB. Like IB, you took two two years worth of courses. And then at the very end of those two years, you took two weeks worth of tests, basically. Mm-hmm. So we had like collectively seven or eight exams. Six or, oh, six or seven exams or something that we had to take for each of the courses that we were studying, you know, for those two years. So it was like everything was about that test and passing yeah. that test. And it was like, honestly, like the methods they were using to teach us were more, you know, like Socratic methods and trying to apply the material versus just mm-hmm. memorizing. But it was like at the end of the day, we had to sit down and take a test to try to get the scores to make the school yeah. look good. And you honestly, know. like with taking AP classes, like I can't say I can't regurgitate any of the information. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it was literally yeah. like copy and and just like vomit all the information on the AP exam and hope for the best. Exactly. Know? Yeah. So. And, and it was like it was stress inducing. I don't know if you remember when I was take, getting taking those IB exams. Yeah. Do, like, do you have any recollection of that? But like. I thought you just like studied. Like you were just like in a hole, like studying. Like. Yeah. For like. A couple, weeks. really a couple months, weeks at a time. It was weeks. And it was like stress inducing. I, I look back at it and I'm like, 18 year old me was really stressed out about like these exams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and then it also the like, pressure and you're like, oh, you're not going to get into college if you don't do show and tell and tell. And it's just like, uh, it doesn't help that teachers add that extra pressure on as well, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, you know, we, Caitlin and I came up with this topic because we were like, is education, you know, putting it kind of in the terms of like anti-intellectualism versus mm-hmm. not being, or like, should we emphasize being an intellectual or not in our society? And it's like, I I wholeheartedly feel like I've benefited from going to college. I really do. But I absolutely see its pitfalls now that I'm outside of it. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like if you're not doing certain things going into college it really can set you up for um, not being successful just because of like, for example, you go into college, right? And a lot of people have a bunch of debt coming out of college. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just like one thing. You come out of college, if you're not making a certain amount of money to pay said date, debt, excuse me, you are, have already been set up, you know what I mean? On top of like living expenses. Exactly. So it's just like, you know, don't be wrong. Is college beneficial. Does it allow you to... Um, you know, explore in a, a field maybe that you're passionate about and all that good stuff like that. Yeah, but I feel like you also have to be very strategic about college. And that's what they failed to teach you. 18-year-old me did not know to be strategic about college. 25-year-old me now knows that. Um, but they definitely don't. They just want you to apply. And you know, that may be why they target 18-year-olds to go into college because they know exactly. they can, like, get anything out of them. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I was on twitter today and i saw something that was like really the truth it was like the biggest recruiting tool that the military has or the u.s army has is uh 
showing everybody like school debt or like kind of trying to like throw shade on school debt being mm-hmm. like you don't want to be in debt so come join the military and that's yeah. like that's such a sick way mm-hmm. but honest then i thought about like that's exactly what they tell students oh, yeah. they go to like school cafeterias and i remember seeing them at our school cafeteria yep, like the, they certainly do the college fair and they will be like you don't want all that debt Come mm-hmm. join the military, and it's like okay, but you're selling your body out to the U.S. government. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which one is it? You know, you really don't know what you're signing up for by doing that. So, exactly. so I also did a little research, and so according to Southern New Hampshire University, these are the top ten reasons why you should go to college. So, um, I'm going to read a couple out and see. Tell me what you think, Courtney. So, um, college graduates earn more money on average. Do I think, you know what, I think I read that too for um some, some of the research I did. And mm-hmm. I think it's like over your lifetime, you earn more on average, which yeah. is like, you hate to say it, but like that doesn't directly impact my life now. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like, yes, but I, when I'm older and I can look back and say, hmm, I made 500,000 more dollars in comparison to somebody who might've blah, blah, blah. But truth be told that 500 something more thousand dollars probably was dispersed and spent on paying back student loan exactly like paying for a car paying for a house which is really not making more if you just are in debt yeah it's like if i was really i mean i probably am dollar amount have the more earning potential to get a quote higher paying job right Mm -hmm. but it's like if that money just ends up being put back into you know things that I'm indebted for, whether it be student loans, a house, college, or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's not like it's in my pocket and I'm just, my I have a higher net worth. I don't. I'm just, I just, quote, made more money on paper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so these three kind of go together. So it says, earn, earn a college education. You could live a longer life. It also means better health and it could boost your happiness. I think... You know, some of the, those are like the untangibles, mm-hmm. like things you can't really put into a dollar amount. I think that, pro, I mean, that probably is connected to if you have more money, then you can live a happier life. Like, that's what capitalism is. Like, the more yeah. money you have, the more access you have to live a better life, seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably tied to earning more money over, you know, the life, your lifespan more than just. I got this, you know, degree. And so therefore I am somehow happier. Yeah, just, for sure. You know, by virtue of having a degree, I don't, I think it has to probably connect back to money. Yeah. And I also think too, that like, while that may be true, I think that when you go into a college environment and or um, seeking out higher education in general, where it's college or technical school, um, it gives you more of, um, well, first of all, college, only certain people are going to college, you know what I mean? People who want to yeah. know more and to want to learn more, right? Um, to a certain extent. But it also gives you kind of like, I guess you could say kind of like a critical thinking skill to like analyze this is going to benefit me or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, maybe maybe that's where that's stemming from. So Yeah, I think that's a, that is the biggest intangible I think I got from college. Mm-hmm. The biggest, you know real life lesson was think critically you know your life is your own so make Mm -hmm. it what you will and despite whatever the government says whatever is the standard you have all of the skills now to 
survive, thrive, and live the way you want to live on your own. College really, really instills that in you if you go to the right college. Yeah. And yeah. You, yeah. See, like, I didn't go to a college that really promoted critical thinking, um, unfortunately. Um, so I didn't really get that in college. I think the good thing about, you know, being raised in a household, my mom was in education. She taught us critical thinking from like a, a parenting standpoint. So that is why I have that critical thinking skill. And maybe even, you know, doing like the AP classes and stuff that I did in high school. But college did not foster that for me at all. It did not foster critical thinking. It was basically like going to like your regular classes in high school. And it was just a college version of that. Like it was literally glorified babysitting. Um, it Yeah, it was it did not promote critical thinking at all. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the thing is like not every not all college educations are going to be the same. So, yeah. you know, I happen to like kind of halfway luck up school. So I think that helps, too. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was, you know, really encouraged to expand, do do things, try things and make my own way while I was in college. And not every school is like that. So, For sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to think about. So when do you think you should, like, attend college? Like, I personally think that, like, I would have probably benefited if I would have taken maybe, like, a gap year. So a gap year is when you take that one year off after you graduate mm-hmm. high school into going into college. Um, because I feel like right after high school, like, I just was not prepared. I probably would have made a sounder decision on the college I went to. If I would have taken like a little year to like get it together, playing a little bit, get my life together, save a little money, you know what I mean? It also could yeah. help alleviate debt as well. So I think I, me personally, I'm a fan of a gap year. You know, if I have kids, I'm definitely like, you take a gap year if you need it, you know? What do you think? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I actually, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, 18 year old me couldn't be and being like one of the smart kids or being one of those mm-hmm. like academically gifted kids so i would say at the time absolutely not never go straight to college get into a career make money and like and yeah. do what you want to do for the rest of your life that was absolutely me and you know the universe god whatever has a, just a way of really humbling you and he certainly did he oh, wow. did, you know some certainly humbled uh, me okay he certainly did he certainly did because the day i graduated it was like life check for you okay but um, but yeah so I think I think a gap year actually I don't know in my case I think Wake was probably the best fit for me Mm -hmm. because I do feel like Wake really was a really a good little bubble for me to be in at that time in my life so I don't I think I still would have Wake still would have been like my quote dream school regardless Mm -hmm. I think but I wish I would have. What I realize now is I didn't do the research into as many colleges as I could have applied to. I could have definitely looked into more scholarships. I could have definitely looked into more um, schools that had probably programs that were more fitted to film and, Mm -hmm. and art. But I mean, it was it was almost sort of serendipitous that I went to Wake because if I hadn't gone to Wake and went to like a film program, like which is what I probably would have wanted to do. I'm a filmmaker, by the way, if I didn't mention that on here, but I'm a filmmaker. So I, that was always my intention, even, you know, 18 years old, that was my intention. But the, um, so if I would have went to like more of a standard filmmaking program, like something like UCLA or NYU or, you know, something like that, 
I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have developed my specific taste as an artist because I really got into, at Wake, more video art. So I got into the more conceptual art side of it. And that really informs even like the more like narrative film working that I do now. So I, I don't, I don't think Wake was a wash at all. Like I think that it happened the way it was supposed to happen for me, but I do, I wish I would have, you know, did some more research because Wake was kind of one of the only like, it was like Wake and Duke were the ones I was like riding on. I didn't get to Duke. So, and I got into Wake. So I was like, all right, it's where we're going. And I'm like, I should have been, I should have, you know, applied to, I should have tried for NYU. I should have shot at like, you know, Dartmouth or, you know, those, I, those sort of schools too. Like I should have really did the research, but I, like I said, I was so, you know, the education system IB was kind of kicking my behind at that time when I was trying to apply for colleges. And it was like, I couldn't do anything else, but, you know, apply to the three, four schools that I did and, and move on. Yeah, That's seriously. all I had time to do at that time, really. I feel that. Yeah. Cause I only applied to like a couple schools. I think I applied to like USC. And I think mm-hmm. I applied to CSU and I was like, I got my first letter from CSU and I was like, that's where I'm going. And like, yeah. if I, you know what I mean? Because I mean, on top of, and I think in that point, I was also working um, pretty much yeah. full time at that point. Um, and by choice, I didn't have to, I just chose to work. And so, you know, it was just like a lot of things going on. It was just like, that's like, check that off the list and move on. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it was just, you know, I wish I would have made that more of a priority because I definitely like wholeheartedly would have went to a different school that benefited me and or if I would have went, I would have transferred out quickly. So, yeah. um, yeah. I agree because, you know, you watch those videos online, you see the the kids who like, get into certain schools are like reaction to getting into my top five mm-hmm. 90s and like i think those videos are kind of bs but like I, I do think but you know i look at that and i'm like they were really aware of the curriculum of those schools even yeah. at their age and i could have been but i wasn't because i was so i was still in that high school you know take the test study the material mm-hmm. take the test get the grade we were all that was happening at the same time that we also had to submit these college applications and you know how long it takes to do a a college application right that's its own sort of test test. yeah so (laughs) like so we really honestly it was like oh that's all the best i could do was get my wake and duke applications out there i think I, i applied to fsu but and i applied to usc too as well as Furman. And I, I ultimately ended up going up going to Wake because Wake had the most scholarship money to offer me because the rest of the schools like weren't offering like much of anything, anything. at all. So I was like, Tell me about it. Wake is really Wake is the option for me. And I'm like, thank God. And I didn't know anything about Wake until they sent me some stuff in the mail about like apply to our schools because that's what they mm-hmm. do now. Like they like seek out the students and then yeah, all right. you know, yeah so it's kind of like this, it's like I don't know, it's like weird advertising. But I also, um, in my case, and this was this was kind of serendipity. I think it was totally, absolutely meant for me to go to Wake because I had a teacher who also went to Wake Forest at my, you know, small hometown, kind of in the backwoods. We had a um, my teacher, my economics teacher in the IB program, so a very specific program that only like twenty kids were in. She went to Wake. And so she always mentioned Wake to us. And then once I started getting those emails, I was like, I reached out to her and I was like, can you, you know, write me a letter of recommendation and like all that. So it, Wake was really oddly serendipitous for me. I will say that that happened 
there's a lot of little like moments of like kismet that led up to me actually going to wake and mm-hmm. oddly enough yeah i feel that so yeah but i what the question was about gap years i do think i think a gap year would have been beneficial but i think i got my gap year on the back end after i graduated college i think that's when true. i had my gap years Very and true. you know maybe that's kind of the, the design too but i ended up having some time to really transition and and work and do what Caitlin kind of did earlier than I did. I did that after college. And, you know, that's a, that's a different kind of, that's a different experience, I think, you know. For sure. Yeah. And I think also too, like coming out of college and experiences, you know, 18 year old me, because I was not as wise, (laughs) clearly, um, versus out of college, you have a little bit more on your, you experience life in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more on your belt, so. Ideally, but then you also, the other danger of that is you go into college and they kind of build you up for the real world to just tear you right back down. Right, yeah. It, the real so, world is humbling, honey. Yeah, you almost have this sort of like entitlement coming out of college. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to call it full-on entitlement, but there's an expectation that, okay, I achieved something in my life. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, okay, the world is supposed to open up for me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think... That's not how the real world works. It opens up when it when it's ready to open up for you. Exactly. And I think also, too, like I had the expectation I would graduate college and then all these opportunities would come flooding to me. And it's been like crickets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I think where I lived. Um, but at the same time, like that brings me to is, you know, you now need a master's degree to do anything. The mm-hmm. bachelor's degrees pretty much it's just like a high school diploma. It just gets you to that next step, but it really isn't doing you any good. It's not really serving you any purpose besides just like labor jobs and or basic jobs where you don't even need a degree. So it's like, you know, for me specifically, if you want to do anything in um, the public health field, so a little background, um, I went to Charleston Southern University. I got my um, bachelor's in public health. Um, But if you want to do anything in public health, you got to have that master's. You got to have it. Or it's just like, there's no purpose for you. You know what I mean? Or you got to have years and years of experience. But how am I going to get that coming out of college? You know? So, you know what? I think I have the opposite problem. But I'll go ahead and finish what you were saying. But I think I actually, because of my field, I think I have the opposite problem. Yeah. No, I'm I'm finished. But uh, yeah, it's it's annoying. (laughs) I, I think, and I hear Caitlin, because I think that is very true, especially for those like, you know, fields in like health or even law or whatever, mm-hmm. like you really do have to go get that post-secondary education. You can't just BA and then call it a day. Yeah. That rhymed. But um, I, um, <laughs> I, for me, you know, going into an art field or going into a more creative field, you having that education almost makes people side eye you for being like, oh, you think you are better than. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is bull but it's like you know people see your connections your work as much more you know that holds more value than where you went to school and trying especially if you're trying to get into the film industry um the traditional hollywood film industry you know um of having a fancy degree fancy art quote fan what they call fancy like degree you know, just sort of makes you seem like some like snobby kid who doesn't actually know what they're talking about. They just read books, right? For sure. So it's it's funny how different, you know, fields that you want to enter into 
what their take on higher education actually is, you know, because the fields that, you know, the, the work that I've done, my degree has almost, I'm not saying it's totally worked against me, like people recognize it, but it's not shooing me in any faster or making, you know, making things any really easier. If anything, they're like, oh, well, you're smart. So we'll hand you more work to do, you know? Yeah. Or we'll hand you the, like, the stuff we either don't know how to do or don't want to want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you end up becoming the brain for people, basically. And I, I, you know, I do a lot of, like, writing jobs and and just more creative jobs. So that ends up, it feels sort of like, dang, was this even worth it? Because reality is you meet people who never even, like, who barely skated out of high school and make, you know, three, four times your income. <laughs> You're just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's all because of like experience and networking and all like those intangibles that college doesn't, a degree does not automatically get. It's exactly. still, I mean, you still have to go out and hustle. And that's, that was kind of the biggest, that was something I really had to, I had to like get over that. You got to go out and hustle. It's not about just getting that degree and getting a piece of paper, you know? So would you say that's like one of the major cons to going to college is like you, you know, you go in with this idea that you're going to come out and you're going to, you know, have some level of success. And then it's like, nope, nope, you know, life just hits you and you're like, and then on top of life hitting you, um, you have, you know, the debt from college, you have, um, maybe not even getting a job that can even pay to support said debt. You know what I mean? I think, I mean, I guess you could call it a con, but I really, I really wish it was something that people just explain up front. It's yeah. kind of like, it's like reading the um, terms and conditions. For sure. Um, like when you get, you know, like the Apple terms and conditions, it's like, okay, now we're going to give you this fancy device, but it may or may not explode in the future. Like exactly. that, I wish that it just was explained more. It was pushed more. For sure. And instead of the narrative, I mean, the overwhelming narrative in our society is if you go to college, you made it. Mm-hmm. You're one step away from success, comfort. You know, you'll have the American dream. You'll have X, Y, Z. And I think that that is... And that that is one path that can happen, but more often than not, you know, it's gonna be what you put into it is what you get out of it. For sure. And I I wish that would explain to me a little bit more, because I just kind of I followed what was really told to me, what, what was pushed to me. For sure, yeah. I agree with that. I do think it's kind of like a little false hope kind of thing, and they like tell you go to college and you are guaranteed a good job. We are guaranteed this well, this life and stuff. And that may be fine. But I think also too that like, you know, if it was clear that it's not immediately and or you may have to go back and get your master's degree and or you may have to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, then I probably would have made a different decision. Like I, maybe I would have went to a tech school, you know what I mean, for two years and then integrated into like a four-year program. Or something like that, just to for like financial reasons. But like for when I went to college, it was I was I understood it at the point of if I go, then I have an, a good career coming out. I can make a livable wage. I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, definitely a little false hope there. Yeah, and it's not that it's necessarily a con. It's like a I wish 
before I got into it, I wish I would have considered that a lot more than what I did because I yeah. I didn't consider it fully. I just sort of I don't know. Okay. I just, These colleges aren't telling you this either. So yeah, no, to me, that's like it doesn't help sell it. That yeah, does not help sell it. Mm-mm. If you say, Mm-mm. well, you might get a job versus mm-hmm. you absolutely will versus putting on the brochure. These are the students who all work at NBC now. These are all the students who work at mm-hmm. Disney now. Not yeah, be the, realistic about it. You know, like yeah, those are the exceptions. And there are those people may have, you know, have graduated 20 odd years ago and they exactly. just made it to NBC. Exactly. So. That's what I'm saying. Because it doesn't look nearly as cool, as sexy as John went to, you know, graduated in 82 and just now got the position at NBC. Like, you exactly. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. not nearly as, that's not going to sell it. You're just going to say John at is all. working now at NBC, you know? like mm-hmm. So, or the people, you know, another experience I have is like, Wake is one of those elitist schools. So the people who really did come out of college and go straight to those jobs, mom and dad did work at NBC 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. now they have a connection, easy in. Versus me, I'm coming out, you know, really out of the mud. Like, you know, that's, and that's, you know, side note, this is why it's important to support independent artists or independent business owners because a lot of us are just trying to get it out of the mud. Not mom and dad handing us money, not, you know, a connection, no, nothing, nobody. We are like really actively doing this to get out of the mud. So it's important that people support and spread the word. For sure. Anyways. But yeah, that's that's something I, I think about too is like, they they can't sell it that way because if they sold it as, well, you know, not guaranteed, then who would buy that? Who's going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a maybe? Mm-mm, I don't, yeah. I think also too, to like bring that point um, back is also if the price of college was told up front. Yeah. I really think people would be rethinking as well, because if you would have told me that I would have came out with a certain amount of debt, um, I definitely would have rethought, you know what I mean? Or found other avenues to pay for said colleges, you know? Now looking, like, I know that you can look up and find grants and scholarships and stuff like that to cover a lot of things. Um, I'm talking about things that are not as well known. So, like, for minorities, as you may not know, me and Courtney are African-American. So, like, you know, finding things for us because we're African-Americans or maybe because we're twins or blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, random things that you can get scholarships and grants for. I wish I would have known that because I would have been going so hard to find those things. Yeah. Um, to so, so I wouldn't come out with as much debt, as well as if I would have known that I would have came out with as much debt, I definitely would have rethought. Exactly. You know what? That brings up that brings up a really good topic: black students and educational attainment. You brought up, you know, black scholarships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, even right now, and people don't realize this, is that there really is still a huge disparity in our nation of the difference between white students getting an education. And black students getting higher education. Mm-hmm. So um, I read somewhere, and people have been saying this for years that years that black women are the biggest minority group to achieve college education, which is great, fantastic. And just looking at my college campus, I definitely I noted that I was like, who you know, besides unfortunately, not unfortunately, but besides the athletes, I would say black women of the black people, it was like black women really doing doing the work, you know, and I'm not saying that the athletes weren't, but like, I just noticed on campus, I was like, academically, unrelated to sports, I noticed there were just more black women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you I agree with that. I think that outside me. of sports at CSU, you saw a lot of African-American um, women really going hard for their degree and working for yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was, I was education. saying too. That's all I'm saying with Wake, too, is, like, outside of sports, if you take 
athletes out of it. Mm-hmm. It just strictly black students there academically. It was like I would notice more black women being there, like for, for the sure. Community. You know what I mean? For sure. So I think that's true for our community. Is like we um black women. I I actually wholeheartedly believe that statistic. Um, but the other thing that I noted is that what they say is that um, though black women are like highest earning minority group, there's still um, a, the biggest pay gap is between black women and like white men and white women. So mm-hmm. even once you get that degree, you're still not making as much money as a white person with yeah. the same degree. So that continues to create inequalities in our society so we're not really catching up we're just as we're proving that we're just as smart as them that we can work just as hard as them that we can put the work in just as much as them mm-hmm. if not probably more because nine times out of ten when a black person goes in and achieves a degree there was you went through three four five more obstacles to get there than a white person did absolutely on, average. on top yeah. of like <laughs> most black students are you know even in more debt than your said you know caucasian individual so you know you have there's so many other things that come with being a black student and um seeking out you know higher education on then your your countermates for you to come out and you are not able to obtain jobs and equal pay you know exactly and you go to the you know when you go to these jobs you're immediately faced with uh either discrimination Mm -hmm. uh, microaggressions in the workplace harassment in the workplace all sorts of things that come at you just because you all you are a black woman and then you're not getting paid enough. You're not getting paid at least what, you know, the white people who may have the same degree make and you have more debt, you know? So it's like, it makes it feel like, especially for black women, that like really was this worth it, you know? I'm sure white people have those conversations, but it's also like if the, the average white person is going to make their money back or make their whatever back, then it's less of a, it feels like less of a loss, you know? It's like, yeah. we do something to really get ahead? And that's the narrative is, oh, well, you just need to work hard, get ahead, work hard, get ahead. And that's what Black women have been doing since the beginning of, since we've been in this nation, work hard to get mm-hmm. ahead, to be given the least. Yep, and it, to it give just, the floor to eat. Given <laughs> the floor to eat, or you give, literally giving someone's behind the case, or yep. someone, you know, having to like clean up behind somebody. It's like, it's exhausting. I I know, you know, um, my first job out of college is definitely a a place where I, you know, held had had one probably one of the only people in the building having the highest education, was being paid one of the least. And um I'm doing a job that is an intellectual professional job. So I'm doing something that is requiring, you know quote more intellect or higher level thinking by being paid the least and being you know disrespected while at work so i i 100 percent see that these these things in in the real world and it's because we're getting these degrees we're like achieving something by white standards only to be for them to like move the finish line or to continue mm-hmm. to oppress exactly. in another exactly way what it it's, feels like. it's really it's just effed up it's like and then the only way to really combat that, I think, is to just do do your own thing and do what makes you happy. Do what makes you, you know, passionate. And that's why 
I know Caitlin did this too, but that's why I just jumped full force into filmmaking and artwork because I was like, I'll be damned if I'm, you know, sitting at this job, getting paid pennies, you know, stressing out about even being in the same building as some of these people. And I'm not doing, at least doing something I want to do on the side and pursuing my actual passion. So I was like, F it. I'm going and for this it. Is, that's exactly why I think that it's important for like high schools and stuff to be teaching entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. things outside of just, you know, going to college and being, you know, part of corporate America. Because first of all, corporate America is not really serving majority of people anymore. Unless mm-hmm. you're something or someone of someone of corporate America, it's not so it's not serving the lower levels that are participating in low in, in corporate America. So, you know, you go to college and you're making, you know, barely anything to make in meets with the price of living and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they set this bar and then it's not even accomplishable. <laughs> yeah. Or so it's, it's you accomplish the bar and then they move the bar. You're, yeah. I, black women have always risen to the bar. Well, yeah, always I agree it. with that. They just move the bar once you actually start, <laughs> once you grab onto the bar and can handle it they just move it because they really don't want they don't want equity at all they just don't want equity (laughs) so do you think it's like and maybe in like high school they had a court like me in in high school I took a class on personal finance um Mm. and I would say out of any class that I've ever taken in high school out of my AP classes my um my center classes that I took those were specific in like the health um area curriculum personal finance was the best class I've ever taken. Mind you, that class I did not choose. I got kind of thrown into it because of the the special classes that I was taking at the center. Mm-hmm. But that was the best classes and the the class that I've used till till this day. It taught me, you know, how to manage my money about the stock market, about um about, you know, some things about college briefly, um you know, managing money and stuff like things that are really important. Not, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to pass an AP class for chemistry? Like, and that serves me no good unless I want to be a chemist. Exactly. Yeah. No good. And I agree with you. I think that personal finance class would have absolutely benefited me. I never took it. I didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. But I think some things like that are things that are absolutely would be, is like, like that's preparing you for real world, real life. That's something you can exactly. actually tangibly say, all right, this is going to go into my life today to make it better. You know, and another class I think they should teach um, and they're starting to kind of get on to this now, especially with things like critical race theory being talked about. We'll see yeah. if that actually happens. But I think there needs to be a civics class where they're really teaching the basics of sociology and they're teaching ethics. And they're teaching and sure. I know that sounds so simple and that sounds so whatever, but I really don't think you understand like some people who come out of high school and like don't go you know, do higher education or don't expand themselves. Not that expanding your automatically ethical person, not saying that. But if you never go, if you just, if you never ever have any exposure to that, then you, um, you wouldn't believe some of the unethical, (laughs) just totally like sort of ignorant. I didn't, I can't even imagine what somebody else's perspective might be. Mm-hmm. The, that type of person exists for real, real time. For sure. And they are, frankly, everywhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. at least if they're introduced to the idea of like, in sociology, there's this thing called cumulative disadvantage, which is basically the the plight of the problem with 
black culture not our culture but how we how we have to exist is like years of disadvantage of you know not having access to resources not having access to education being like given debt all of that compounds generationally to create the issues that we see today in our black community if we understood that stuff early on in like high school Mm -hmm. if we understood how to interact with people of different races cultures all that stuff in like a civics course or just a course that really explained some of those basic sociology how our society works and especially yeah. in those pivotal years where you are able to mold and change and become this, you know, kind of like not decide your identity, but you know what I mean? Like figure out your morals and values and stuff like that versus when those classes are offered in college and or you're mandated to take those in college. First of all, not everybody's going to college. So not exactly. everybody has that for one. Exactly. And for two, at that point in college, like I, you know, I kind of thought I knew everything, you know, I'm, I'm growing all of a sudden. And so I was not receptive to that information. You know, now that I'm out of college and I'm figuring out the real world, now I want to use that information to apply it to my life. Um, and also me being African-American, aka a minority, um, I, I, that uh, those things apply to my life daily. So, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I, I think something like that, like, because you know, most people at least finish high school. Like, I think the vast majority of Americans finish high school, like 80-something percent, right? Mm-hmm. So most Americans have finished some level of high school. So, you know, that would reach a bigger and broader audience of people. It would introduce new, it would introduce, you know, things like sociology, like empathy, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in a, you know, a classroom setting where at least we, people know that this exists and it's not some, like, foreign concept, Yeah, you know? that somebody in interpersonal relationship with somebody would have to explain to you like you know what I mean because I can't Mm -hmm. I just can't tell you how many times I've interacted with people you know post-college or even in college who I'm like you genuinely do not get the concept that there is somebody else in the world having another experience Mm -hmm. of this like and that always gets me because I'm like I just was not raised that way like I've I'm not saying I always think about other people's perspective, but I certainly don't go around just saying the kind of off the wall, stereotypical, like racist, sexist, misogynist things that some people genuinely just come out of their mouth and say straight face. For sure. Like, you know, like I think some some kind of course like that in high school would be good. For sure. Yeah. That would be a good course to take as well. And I think also, too, that schools... um, to take on the model of, um, I guess, more of like a European approach. But, you know, it's more centered to, to, to your goals. It's more centered to what your aspirations are in the future for your career and all that goodness. Because it's just a lot of things in college, excuse me, not college, in high school that are just not beneficial. You know, for the most part, they say, I think, is it fifth grade or eighth grade level? That's all you really need or that's the average level of education um to work in the world right or what you're using basically i guess um we're not using chemistry every day we're not using algebra every day well basic algebra we use but um i'm talking like crazy algebra calculus, calculus and stuff like Integrals. that like, we're not using that but they like make you take these classes you know <laughs> like what you know exactly. unless i want to be an engineer okay sure that may apply but if not then why am I taking this class? Is it's it's pointless, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know something else we don't we don't do too is like 
depending on where you go and where you are at in the country, certain classes and stuff really just aren't offered. Like I did not, you know, I didn't even get to do what I really wanted to do in high school, like pursue filmmaking artwork, because I thought I couldn't. It wasn't even really available. There There was obviously an art class, but the only art forms they were teaching were painting, drawing, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe some sculpture, but it was all really classical, really kind of old school, like by the book type stuff. And, you know, every, you know, Kayla knows my artwork, like I'm pretty much full conceptual art, video art, experimental sort of like things that are kind of new age. That wasn't even a conversation. Like, where was I even going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody was, they would have been like, what are you, ta-? like the teacher wouldn't have really known what I was talking about. Or maybe they would have known, they wouldn't have had the resources to teach it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until college that I even got to expand to that point. Yeah. You I know? feel that. So See, well, like the college I went to, there really wasn't that. So um, if you don't know, Charleston Southern is a Christian school. <laughs> and um, I laugh because I did not know that going to the college, to the college I found out the day that I moved and that was just because of my lack of researching oh the school wants me to come I'm gonna go right I got an acceptance later so I'm definitely just gonna go there I didn't do any other research so I didn't find out it was a Christian school until I I got there today of moving day but with that being said they're they were very close-minded very close-minded um so you know like that school was not offering like the courses that would allow conversation and or promote um, you being an individual and exploring that, right? In a time where you need to do those things to be the adult that you ultimately want to be or that you should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's so interesting because you're basically talking about you had a culture shock going into college. I had mm-hmm. a culture shock coming out of college. Yeah. Like, I thought everybody was awake <laughs> you know or like had kind of a, <laughs> at least at least especially white people I thought well at the very least white people will at least be you know politically correct PC enough to not say certain things to not do certain things to behave certain ways have a level of decorum right mm-hmm. so and then when I went back step took that step back like I was saying after college I came into a world where it was not Nobody had been like near Wake, had even probably heard of Wake, not even, you know, it was just very, it was very baseline kind of that, I don't even want to call it solid earth, but like very blue collar, very warehouse worker, very, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like technician type, like those type of people. And it was very, um, it was culture shock for me because I, you know, you go, once you go to Wake, you kind of get socialized in okay well the white people might be racist or they might be sexist but they're not gonna say it to my face so like we'll mm-hmm. get this interaction no there are people who will who do not have the skills or the understanding to not to not say those things to your face For you sure. know? so i was i was shocked on a reversing because i i was thinking everybody was going to be kind of lily white and like nice <laughs> and that's not the truth so yeah, Caitlin had a one kind of culture shock yeah. going in, and I had another cu- culture shock coming out. For sure, I would second that notion. It was definitely a culture shock for me, and I and you know the thing is like how you, the exact experience, maybe not the exact experience, but um the type of people that you were describing that you you know came out 
of college working with is exactly the people that I was in college with. They were very close-minded, very, like, sexist, you know, God told me to tell you this kind of people. Yeah. Um, which, you know, in my personal opinion, that's an excuse. Like, come on now. There is a level of decorum as well. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's, yeah. It, it was had, I had been spoiled. I realized sure. I had been spoiled by the, like, by the white people. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really had. Like, that sounds so weird <laughs> to say, but I was, but that's kind of what we were. And, like, even where we grew up, mm-hmm. the white people at least, they knew when to, they might say the N-word, but they weren't going to say it to your face. Yeah, I mean, it was like at least a level of decorum that or, you know, they had enough sense to come in from the rain. And it was like some there's some people out there who just don't. And I wasn't really prepared. I didn't think I would ever have to deal with that because I was like, I went to wake. I achieved this education status. I will be around other people who achieved same education status. And therefore they will, there's going to be a certain social capital, a certain social understanding when we go into spaces together that we're going to respect each other at the very least, at least to mm-hmm. our faces, you know? And, you know, that's not always the case. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't. <laughs> yeah. At all. <laughs> and now I, now I, I realize now I needed to understand that on some level. You know, because I'm not going to always be working with somebody who understands that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed to understand that, but I I do now. You know, yeah. It's it like as much, as painful as that experience was. I am grateful that I I had I had to expand. You know, because it wasn't I didn't really struggle at Wake. I I didn't because where we grew up was pretty much like Wake. Wake mm-hmm. the people at Wake were probably richer. But they were the same type of suburban, middle to upper middle class to wealthy white people. That's what I'm for sure. Around. So it was I wasn't culture shock going into it. I was mm-hmm. culture shocked when I went to the not wealthy white people. The, the yeah, not, for sure. You know, when it was just your ho hum average Joe, you know, that was when I I was I really was culture shocked. I will agree with that because I think that's that could have been why CSU was a culture shock for me. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and, and a lot of students that went to CSU came from um, like Charleston schools, which if you know anything about Charleston, South Carolina, they don't have great schools at all unless you go to private school or you live in like specific areas. So um, a lot of people did not go to those college, I mean, to those those high schools. So it was a culture shock coming from the area that we grew up in and then going to a school that's kind of like, it's kind of like Charleston school system, right? And it, that's why it was not a challenge. It was not, it didn't promote critical thinking and stuff like that because it was, you could provide your, your bare minimum and that was succeeding. Yeah. Which that's not, and at Lexington or the school that we went to growing up, that is not succeeding. You know what I mean? You had to yeah. uh, try a little bit more than that, you know? Yeah. So. Exactly. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up this episode. So my last question for you, Courtney, is do you still think that college is necessary for you to be successful? You know what? I think that is 110% an individual thing. Yeah, and I will okay. say, I'll answer it individually for me. I think for me, it has been beneficial and that it will contribute to the success I, I, I'm hoping to God I have in my life. <laughs> so i think it has been beneficial for me i will say i don't 
you have to look at the what the plan is for your life mm-hmm. and assess whether that will, you know, if you think college will contribute to your success or not. Or maybe you can go out and really be successful on your own because that's totally possible as yeah. well. You know? Agreed. And I okay. think um, another part of that, too, is like, you know, would would I tell my children, if I were to have children, would I tell them to go to college? And I really, I, I would, I wouldn't do what my, our, you know, parents did with us, which was absolutely go 100%. You have to go because that's, yeah. you know, that's the next stage in life. Mm-hmm. I would tell them, really think about what you want to do in the end. And if college aligns with that, sure. For sure. I agree with that. But if not, you know, really find find out how you're going to get on that path because that's equally as important if not more Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what I would say but what what do you think so I think that um I think I I honestly at this point in my life so I'm going to say this first um I think I'm going to yeah I'm going to say this for this point in my life I'm not going to say for 10 years down the road because it may change but I think at this point in my life I would say it's not necessary um, and I think it's not necessary because you can be so successful in so many other ways today um, without having to go to college and or find other ways to, you know, be educated in um, different ways outside of college nowadays that may save you a little money, that may save you some time, um, a whole bunch of things, right? Some yeah. stress, all of it. But I think you really have to assess what is what is success to you. What do you want out of life? What do you want to be? And I don't know if those things can be answered coming straight out of college and coming straight out of high school and then going straight into college. I think you yeah. may need some time to assess and then decide that. So I would say it's not necessary for success while it depends on um, what you want to accomplish out of your life. Um as well as you really having a good idea of what you want to accomplish. If you don't have those things, then it's just not necessary. So I feel like right now in my life, um, with me being so like up in the air, like I want to try this, I want to do that. You know, I want to just conquer the world, right? It's not necessary because I don't even know what I want to do. You know what I mean? Don't be wrong. I have a degree in public health and I love public health, but is that something I want to do long term, you know? Yeah. If I don't want to do that long term, then that college degree is for what? Agreed. And I, I, I think, honestly, we're both in agreement on the fact that you need to, having come out and be on the other end, we just, we see it for what it is now, clearly. Mm-hmm. And we see that it is something you should assess in your life first before mm-hmm. making that sort of commitment. And that was not, that's not how it, it was explained to us or most people. Most people, it is, you do this because you go to college. You get married, mm-hmm. you have a child, and it's yep. checked off the list. The American that's dream. Most people, yeah, the American dream. And it's like, it doesn't, you need it's to assess. Yeah, because even think speaking about the American dream, I don't even, my goals never really even align with the American dream. So why was I chasing yeah. that in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But like you I, said, we were like told that we had to go. You know what I mean? That, like, yeah, that was, that was a big thing in our household. I mean, I remember us being like literal children five, six years old being like, okay, you know, you're going to go to college, right? Yeah. You will, like you will go to college, right? And, you know, not that we like necessarily, I didn't really have a problem with it necessarily because I actually really like education. I like learning. I would be in school today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
I'm one of those like lifelong learners. I love to read. I love to write. I do, you know, right now, but it's just when you're kind of told that and you're, you're pushed in that, you know, lane and you don't have the opportunity to really think about it so much yourself, it, you can come out on the other end, like we are now and be like, well, was that really worth it? You know? For sure. Yeah. And I, okay, before we go, I do have one more thing. I do want to have kind of a little, a little, how do you think, um, how do you think, you know, our discussion about college education and it being worth it and, you know, knowing everything we know about the debt of college and Mm -hmm. all of the, um, well, okay, before we go to that, and I, I'm going to put a pen in that because I do, we we should discuss some of the pros. I do feel like we've been talking about a lot of the cons. What are some of the things that you really feel like it, are really beneficial for college and, like, why you should go? Um, I think, I think benefit-wise, um, for me, it really immersed me into life and, you know, having realistic expectations of what life could be, right? Um. I think it also brought, I guess, a level of, um, to me, then it brought a level of opportunity that I saw, really. So I think it it definitely can bring you opportunities. It definitely can bring you, um, you know, like challenges and things. And like, I just think that I chose the wrong school in that, in that, that area. So I also think that it, you know, can really be beneficial long-term as far as like making a livable wage. I do think it can be, um, you know, maybe promote happiness and stuff like that because of critical thinking, but you have to make, as well as having that degree, you have to also make the conscious effort to make those things happen as well, as well as, um, being able to kind of like set yourself apart. And I mean, it's, it's not, all of those things are not solely based on the college degree. So that's what makes it hard to be like, that's a concrete pro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think the biggest pro for me was all the interpersonal skills and the, in, mm-hmm. and the intangibles. Yeah. You know, like I think there's so much I learned just by having the opportunity to um, be a part of organizations, start things like, you know, I did a web series in college. So I started a web series and really taking on the like, director producer hat that was a Mm -hmm. big reason why i even came out you know and made my uh first feature clout coming out of college because i already had skills i had already had the practice in kind of a safer environment of college to risk and do something like that you know even Mm -hmm. the small things like making a production schedule getting the actors having the meetings and you know planning the screenings all these like small things like those skills those intangibles and interpersonals and speaking to people and, you know, making flyers, like, you know, just arranging things and doing that kind of stuff. That's college allows you the space because it's its own little universe, its own little world. Yeah. It allows students the space to really grow and expand in those ways that the real world may or may not teach you. You might learn those eventually, yeah. but you can learn them early on and very quickly in college mm-hmm. you have to you have to do that you know for sure for but sure. okay so my last question i would and you know we want to put this in the context of our conversation this, this is probably good this is the last one but to wrap up we want to i want to know how you think this college no college debate contributes you know to the culture of like anti-intellectualism and what i mean by that is people we've you know since 
we've had like Trump and that kind of wave of like white lash. That was a big movement of anti-intellectualism rather than focusing on, you know, intelligence and focusing on, you know, higher learning and uh, focusing on like art and literature and critical mm-hmm. thinking. They push back against all that and they just kind of play into things like ignorance, fear, yeah. um, emotion, and, you know, these kind of like scare tactics. They play into... If smart is bad, they're skeptical of all things that are like intelligent or that are critical. They're skeptical of that because they see that as like part of like the machine or trying to take away freedoms. Mm -hmm. But the opposite end of that is ignorance, fear, and they're creating these oppressive systems which keep people oppressed. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So what like how do you think the college, no college debate fits into that? So I think it depends on the college, right? So I feel like your college may perpetuate the idea of critical thinking and doing more and achieving more, right? But Mm -hmm. I would say for CSU, I would say that it perpetuates the idea of not being an intellectual and not Mm -hmm. having to think harder and um, more critically, right? Just because Mm -hmm. it didn't, and you know, it could be because of my background and where I came from, but it was not a challenge for me. So it just kind of like dumbed me down. It was like, putting water in a soda right Mm -hmm. so um in my experience I would say that it it didn't it did not promote me being something um being an intellectual and or a critical thinker however I will say the higher education as a whole I would say definitely promotes um critical thinking and um making wiser decisions and better options and stuff like that, being, you know, able to immerse yourself in different cultures and social situations and stuff and sorts. Um, but I, I think, like, in my experience, it definitely promoted ignorance, for sure. Definitely yeah. promoted er- ignorance. But I did go to a Christian school where it was, like, you know, good old boy, especially in Charleston, South Carolina, that's very... Um, good old boy state right mm-hmm. <laughs> so versus you on the other hand you had a, a well diverse liberal um college that in, immersed you in a lot of different things you know yeah I I didn't have that so I think well yeah and that's that I guess that's the trouble of like uh Christian schools like that like mm-hmm. Liberty University is really noted for that same oh, kind yeah. of yeah like Liberty is like poster child for well, basically anti like that kind yep. of vibe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it does depend on what your what your school is and their values and how they do things, you know, because I mean, I also went to school in the South, but Wake attracts a lot of people from all over the world, but also people from um, people, a lot of people from the Northeast or like, you know, California out West. So people who really bring much more liberal ideas, like it's pretty much a liberal Northeastern school. It's not, it's not, in the middle of the South. That's pretty much what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I I think the only trouble with if we take away higher education or if we, we sort of look down on higher education or whatever, the issue is then ignorance does run rampant. Yeah. And when you have ignorance, you allow the, you know, the Charleston Southerns, the Liberty <laughs> Universities to be the main voice. And it's like, For sure. that is absolutely not the voice we, yeah. that we want to be listening to because that voice has, unfortunately, at one point in time was the only voice. For sure. And it was the voice that was the most oppressive to people who were not pretty much white male 
Which makes me question, why won't they teach those things in, like, high school? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, why not teach those things where everybody can learn? Because everybody has to go to high school unless Mm -hmm. you drop out or whatever the case is. But teach those things in in the the mandatory parts of school, right? Not wait until you get to college when you can make a choice whether you want to be there or not and or retain the information and or you just want to regurgitate it and pass a test, you know? Exactly. Like, that that's one of the things you need to be teaching a child so that they be, can become an adult that is productive to our society. I agree. I 110% agree. Because I you think should not wait till college. I agree with that. Because, you know, you get into, um, at that point, you know, then you just, you get into the ignorance and mm-hmm. you have a whole class of adults who are operating pretty much from ignorance unless somebody Absolutely. comes along and or they decide to be different mm-hmm. you know and by that a lot of times by the time they decide to be different they're 60 70 years old you know and yep. have done their damage in the world exactly. so, and then at that point at 60 70 years old they're stuck in their ways you know what i mean like they could care less you know it's only what benefits <laughs> them at that point exactly it's, and i i think celebrating anti-intellectualism like not trying to be intellectual i think that is incredibly dangerous i think that is like that's pretty much what starts to become a dictatorship at that point for sure um you know and you can actually go back through history and look at certain dictators who their agenda was to like systemically get rid of intellectual things like they would attack artists who were saying something critical of the government they would get rid of certain books they would you know what i mean anything that was encouraging people to actually think on their own for themselves mm-hmm. anything that would put the government in a bad light get rid of group think they were they were ready to destroy to ban mm-hmm. you know when you think about somebody like trump who really is, was really pushing that dictator line real, oh, yeah. <laughs> like pretty hardcore for you sure. know the kind of stuff the rhetoric he was saying like he, he even like dumbed down a lot of his rhetoric to just simple kind of hate speech things you know yeah. what i mean just very and the funny thing is because he really appealed to a mass variety of people i wonder if that's what attracted people like it wasn't above i think their so head. yeah and the thing is because intellectualism i'm realizing among like blue collar the average person the average man who votes for trump mm-hmm. they see intellectualism as somebody trying to like be somebody trying to be better than them yeah you know or mm-hmm. they see it as that's unattainable for me so i'm not gonna try to so i'm gonna actually go the opposite direction and like try to you know demean you as much as possible or demean sure. your as much as possible so i think i think that was a big reason why trump even really was successful and came into office is because he tapped into a huge audience a huge um market of people mm-hmm. who really are skeptical of intellectualism and it's because they couldn't achieve intellectualism yeah, you know what I mean? in sure. their lives or they don't value it like mm-hmm. you know like i was saying my first job they don't value education they don't i i would hear them literally be like when they knew certain other you know co-workers were going to college or whatever they'd be like oh well so-and-so is going to be leaving because they're going to college <laughs> they see it as if somebody goes to college and tries to attempt to better themselves, they will leave. But we're going to create our own little group of people who hates on them because they're leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to, quote, do better than us. Or they're going to sure. out-achieve us. So I think Trump was really able to rally the, like, angry, disenfranchised, we didn't go to college, we never achieved that goal, the anti-intellectual skepticals reactionary people he was able to yeah seriously he was able to really rally them because you know 
other political groups were not doing that. They were focusing solely on the college educated, the minority groups, the people who were, you know, liberal or who at least pretended to be liberal. Mm-hmm. They were focusing on that group of people and leaving out this massive group of people who yeah. are over here absolutely not a part of that. And which, uh, you know, to, yeah. to say this, I would say that group is the majority as well, you know, especially from including like, the generations that are currently still alive today, like your baby boomers who are a majority and stuff like that, um, who are able to vote as well. That is the majority of that group. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, when I tell you he appealed to the masses, he definitely, even the African-American masses who are not educated, um, even appealed to them, you know? So yeah. he definitely, you know, that could have been his, his tactic and, uh, you know, pulling those people in for his, for their vote for him and his support. So. I absolutely agree. I think that was part of his plan. And like to his credit, that wasn't actually a very smart strategic move. It was. Ironically you know, enough. That's one thing. He, I like, don't think Trump is as dumb as he let off. I don't think so either. I think he pretends to to rally his base. Like his base sure. are the are the non-intellectuals. His base, mm-hmm. I don't want to call them dumb, but his base are the people who barely skated out of high school type people. Or yeah. if they went and graduate at all you know his base are those people and the thing is those those people tend to be a blue collar white man yeah for sure that that's who it usually is so that's why it ends up that's why you can associate a trump with a angry white man yeah because that's who he directly tailored a lot of his his campaign a lot of his speech you know was really tailored to them which also begs the question and we got to wrap it because we are getting kind of into a lot of time here but um as it begs the question it's like if trump's tactic and he knew he would be successful with the appealing to your average to below average per i would say mostly your below average person (laughs) if he's looking to appeal to that person and he's using racism fear sexism misogyny to that if that is what is considered anti-intellectualism, why would we as a society allow that to and, take precedence over anti-intellectualism? Because we will all suffer under that. Most yeah, of us I, will suffer. I honestly think, though, too, this, just like you said, those people at work, there's like, you know, that person goes and gets their college degree and, you know, they're like, oh, my God, you're going to get your college degree. Oh, he's not going to work here anymore. It's like they're like it's like that jealousy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you think yeah, you're better than me I kind of thing. From anger. I, I think so. it's a lot of anger. It's a lot of, I couldn't do it, so I'm going to try to put you down. Yeah. It's you shouldn't have just because I don't have it. Just because I don't have, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of that. Um, or a lot of, oh, you think. And it's like, if somebody goes and really does try to expand themselves, what is the problem with that? That yeah. ultimately helps you, you know what I mean? But they don't mm-hmm. see it that way. You know, they they really see it as, oh, someone's just trying to be better than me. And I think it's a, it's a self-esteem insecurity thing but for sure but i think that's that's what you know the trumps of the world play into and that's what they 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 want a group of people who support them in that negativity which is mm-hmm. mind-blowing to me rather than yeah. just lift yourself up out it you know do what you tell everybody else to do work, bootstrap it work your way up work your way out rather than just do that you you know you sit and try to find people to sit in your negativity Yep. And that ended up taking over the nation for four years. And it's still a problem. It's oh, still yeah. widespread, you know? Oh, yeah. So I think I think intellectualism 
has its own issues. You can get to a point where you're thinking too much, I guess. Yeah. But anti-intellectualism is not the answer to that. <laughs> it yeah, is absolutely I not. I do yeah. think there has to be a level of, of, of education at the minimum. I just wish we would, could center education more to be beneficial for, you know, the students and the people entering the workforce. However, I think if we had nothing, just keep this current system. We can't have nothing or you would be, you would have a dictatorship 100%. A dictatorship. So, um, you know, it, you know, there's a fine line here with education for sure. Mm-hmm. A very fine line that you're walking when you entertain the education conversation. So, you know, I think if they re- redistributed how, what they're teaching and focus on different things, then we would be having a society that is more beneficial f- for the greater good, right? But I also think, too, that they're, they don't want anything different because they want to produce um, people who people who are not educated so that they can just have them follow the corporate America model, right? Exactly, yeah. And not seek out education so they can fall into these jobs that are minimum paying, um, benefits lacking, and all types of things like that. So it, it works for this model they currently have definitely works for corporate America making money and exploiting our current society. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's part of it, too, is like the education system that we do have, they exploit that as well for their own gain. Oh, yeah. You know, because it is that sit at a desk, take a test. It's very task oriented versus, you know, Mm -hmm. applying knowledge and, you know, versus goal, I guess, goal oriented. Mm -hmm. It's very just like when you go to a job, here's a here's a job, do it, do the next one, Here's a job, do it, do the next one. You know, and it's like a never ending cycle, you know, mm-hmm. the only thing I, good I can say about at least high school is or schooling is at least you get a you get a grade and it can accumulate to something bigger, like maybe going to college in the work world. You just do a task, do it again, get paid, do a task, mm-hmm. do it again, get paid. You know, it's like this like task reward system that they're trying to replicate in schools and then. You know, they're not encouraging you to apply that knowledge to build mm-hmm. something for yourself. Because when exactly. you build something for yourself, then you don't have to sit at a desk. Exactly. So I think that's what scares them about it, really. Yeah. So anyway, I think that was a great discussion. Agreed. On, um, education is our very first podcast, but so, so many more to come. We've already planned out like a million. Yes. So, um, <laughs> literally, you know, um, we're really looking forward to these weekly discussions. We got so much more. Anything you want to say about your first episode? Yeah, no, I think it was an awesome discussion. I think, you know, obviously our experiences are different. Even though we're twins, our experiences are very different. So that shapes our opinions on this. And this does not mean that, you know, you base your decisions off of what we have said. Um, you know, obviously do your own research and seek out what's best for you. Yes, However, I will say this is um, an awesome conversation that, you, you know, we promote you having in your households and your home and um, all of those things like that. Or so even you can yourself. See, yeah, or yourself. So you can see if college is the perfect fit for you um, or if the system, the education system is benefiting you, right? Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. This is our first episode. Super excited to... Um, Get, let you guys listen to this um, as well as future episodes to come. So we got some really, really cool topics coming up. 
um, some fun topics, some more serious topics. But yeah, super, super excited to share this with you guys. Yeah. And just so you know, we're going to, you know, post obviously about it on social media and things like that. But just so mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be regularly uploaded on Saturday, not Saturday, sorry, Fridays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Uh, Western time. So um, you want to make sure that you can get it on Spotify and radio public right now, but we're working on some other ones. So, mm-hmm. you know, be on the lookout for those, but those are going to be the big streaming platforms. Oh, and YouTube, we're making visuals for these as well. Uh, so yeah. we'll have, it'll be like mainly just the audio, but we'll have a little visual with it. So you can, if you like to listen to things on YouTube, I like listening to YouTube actually, oddly enough, fun fact about me. Um, I listen to a lot of like commentators and stuff on YouTube or, you know, just stuff like that. So we'll have it, you know, for purely audio formats, but also a visual format as well. So make sure you guys remember that date. We'll be uploading them, coming up with new topics. Just have a good time. I hope this conversation really got you thinking today and that it really got you thinking about, you know, where you fit in with education or where you're you know, your opinions are on education. If you see it as something for yourself or if you're like, you know what, I'm going to go out into the real world and like hustle it up, figure out how I'm going to make it on my own. Both totally valid reasons. Both things most of us have to do at some point in our lives. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, well, we'll wrap it up right there. Have a good night. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.